Welcome to another episode of Out of Your League. We're absolutely delighted to be joined by Courtney Winfield-Hill. Um, somebody, um, we were just chatting before we came on. Somebody, you know, in life you meet people and or you chat to people and sometimes, Flash, you get a sense of who they are before you've even... You know, you, before you know them, you get a sense of who they are. You, you ever meet I'd people have, like that? Yeah, I had a very positive first impression, so I'm just wondering what, what yours is. Well, no, before I met Courtney, we, we chatted maybe twice. So I interviewed with Sky Sports and then once when you were getting off the bus to play St. Helens. Um, I feel like this is like a therapy session, like I'm giving you feedback on your personality <laughs> or something. That's okay, everyone can do a therapy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get a chance as well. Uh, very direct, brutally honest, competitive. I just get, you ooze competitive. Yeah. I don't know what it is about you. Mm -hmm. And you've got this confidence and a self-assuredness that I think um, not a lot of people have actually. Um, so that's a good, what I'll an introduction. Give it all yeah, what an congratulations. Introduction. <laughs> that sounds good. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a good resume he's giving you, though. Oh, right. I was like, oh, what? What's the no, news? No, no. no congratulations on, on positive feedback <laughs> from John Wilkin. Well, yeah. I've got so. to keep some cards close to my chest. Yeah. But, I think um, well, you probably do. That's, that's nice that that's your first impression. We're, that's we're trying to get those cards up away from your chest a little bit today. Right. That's the plan. Anyway, we'll see. All right. We'll see. Mark, you're delighted because we've got an Australian. Yeah. And what does that allow you to do, Mark? Uh, talk about when to play for West Tigers again. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sick of talking about it. But yeah, I do like talking to Australians because I do what most Aussies used to do to me is when I say something in my strong older accent, they'd repeat it back and take the piss. So I've been doing a bit of that, saying mate and um, buts at the end of most sentences, even though there's no but to come. We've been uh, talking about this angle. Yeah, nah, we'll have to throw one yeah, of them. Yeah, nah, it's like, yes, yeah, nah. yes, no, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> and what's the English, what it, what's the English equivalent of what we've given you there, the, the but, oh, mate? It's the, all right. All that, right. That's very English, isn't it? And something I'm still not used to. It's not a question. It isn't a question, it's just... No, right. it's like you, you don't really care how I am. No, right? no. So you, no. when you first arrived, you were answering the question every time someone said, all right. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Some people you? just, you know, give you a nod. <laughs> like, yep, acknowledge I've just been spoken to. But yeah, yeah, I go, yeah I'm good, thanks. Help you. And they're like, oh, a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Bit Less. much. Less. Yeah, no, we'd, so I think um, I've listened to be interviewed before and... Just for people who aren't familiar with what you're about, just give us a summary of who you are, what you are, okay. what you're up to. It's an interesting question because who I am and what I am are two very different things. Right, great. And probably about five years ago, if I said to you, if you asked me, who, who are you? I would have said, oh, I'm a cricketer and I'm a teacher. Literally, I got asked that question by a family member one time. And they said, are you serious? Is that all you are? So these days, I suppose, who am I? I'm a daughter, sister, auntie, wife, granddaughter, niece, all those things, friend. But who am I? Uh, that's who am I? What am I? I suppose, what am I now? I'm a pain in the ass a lot of the times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was. <laughs> Lozzie will testify to that. Yeah, I forgot to uh, yeah. mention that in the, the the character assessment that I made of you. Pest. A, a pain in the ass. Pest. Yeah. yeah. Pest. John um, can relate to that. You can yeah, be a I pest. Can. Yeah, yeah. I've spot one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
takes on to no one. Yeah. But I sit, obviously I sit here with you guys as, what am I? I'm a, I'm a rugby league player, I'm a sport enthusiast, I'm a cricket coach. Um, yeah, so I suppose that's the what. Yeah, you, you fit so much like into your life. Um, really interesting sort of story, but as, as we, we tend to do, we, we like to go back, you know, right back to the start of it all. So give us, I think, a glimpse into what your childhood was like, and, and where it was. Yeah. So, very, uh, we're in the middle of Manchester here, hey, life. Are you okay in Manchester? Mm. You feel okay? This is the big smoke for me. Just don't look up, just it might be a bit scary. Yeah, <laughs> very. I, f I feel a million miles away when I'm, and I quite often do, I, I drive around, especially over here in England, and I think, how the hell am I here? Mm. I grew up in a tiny, tiny, well, actually, I, I was born in, near Fraser Island, oh, Harvey yeah. Bay. So nice. spent six years by the seaside um, as a tiny tot and then mum and dad up and moved out to the sticks, proper sticks. Why was that? Well, sticks, sticks, sticks Australia, right, Sticks, sticks England. Bush. But Sticks England means, right, eight miles outside of Manchester. Yeah. Sticks Australia can We're mean... We're talking 600 kilometres northwest of Brisbane. So that's Sticks. So, so if you ever want to say you live in the Sticks... Yeah, it needs to be at least six hundred kilometres. Yeah, why Ta why Taven's like a metropolis compared to that, isn't it? Six hundred kilometres. You're probably in the sea, aren't you? Yeah, yeah somewhere We're in out France. in the sea. <laughs> We're in yeah. France. So yeah, it was quite a like a rural upbringing, I suppose. Mm. Um, and I was a typical bush kid, like didn't wear, really wear shoes much. Um, <laughs> constantly out helping dad on the farm. Um, running around, no shoes on at lunchtime, in the dust at school, playing any sport that, that could go, really. How um, big was school? Not very big. Yeah, I think it was about 130 kids in the whole school. That was like Diddy's to year seven mm. equivalent. So what's primary this, school. What village? What's, what, is it village? So it's called Monto. A Monto. We would refer it's to it town. as a town. It's a town. town. So, yeah, so Monto was where I grew up and... Um, it was, it was terrific. You had so much freedom, yeah. um, which was really cool. And freedom in what sense? <laughs> that you, it's just a wild environment where anything goes, or you're just outside. You live. Oh, I think. I think uh, when I say freedom, your parents just gave you so much trust, and I think the trust came from being in a really tiny country community. They didn't need to have eyes on you all the time because someone else did. Mm. So someone else, parents, everyone was always looking out for their own kids, but everyone else's kids as well. It was such a nurturing mm. kind of community. But don't get me wrong, they were looking out for you, but they'd soon dob on you too. So when I did something naughty... Do you get dobbed on a few times? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. It's causing fights and all sorts as a little one. So Causing that or being involved in? Or do you start it and then... Mm. No, I was probably just the person that was sticking up with someone else. Yeah. Typically the girls getting roughed about or, you know, so if I was doing anything wrong, it, and my mum was the hairdresser in town, so if I did anything wrong, it was back to her yeah. before I could get back to the salon. Right, she yeah. was the counsellor, the town counsellor. Oh, yeah, the t <laughs> that comes with hairdressing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it'd be, I'd walk in the salon and she'd go, I've heard this, get up there and apologise now. 
Oh, great. How do you know? <laughs> Straight away. Straight away. Within minutes. Yeah. So mum was a hairdresser yep. in, in the town. Dad was... Yeah, farmer. Farmer. Yep. Sisters, brothers. Well, I, I have two sisters, but yep. I only had, ever had one until I was 13. So it was Brody and I, right. my younger sister. And, uh, and then when I was 13, Luca came along. She's our little family surprise package. <laughs> um... And so, yeah, so grew up sort of... I was off to boarding school at that time when Luca came along, uh, but it soon makes you grow up really quickly having a, a tiny one mm. in and around the house, like probably more so my sister. She did her motherhood apprenticeship very early. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you like as a kid then? Give us a, give us a bit of a glimpse into Courtney Ooh. as a child. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I was very busy. I was always looking, looking for things to do. If it wasn't sport, it was just adventuring on the farm and uh, working with dad, uh, working with mum. Like we just got put to work pretty early, um, taught the ropes. But I was, I was always, if there was sport, I was there. I was competing. I didn't care if it was with the boys. Um, yeah, I just didn't really have any inhibitions like yep I'll do that I'll try that that's such a great environment as a kid yeah. just to be free and just to go with your instincts and just play and just yeah. there's no judgment it's just kind of do what you want if you want to join in but play sport or help out it's, that'd be really liberating I think as a I kid, think it's a challenge it? in the modern world mm. to replicate what you've just described there yeah that that's a challenge isn't it for for, for parents or, or for yeah. young people now well, I think I was instilled with a a level of self or just reassurance and assurance that you could do stuff. So <clears throat> I say freedom, like dad was all about letting me try things. If it, if it you know, resulted in an accident, well, that was okay. We're on the farm and it probably wouldn't hurt too many people. But, you know, you're driving cars from six years old. <laughs> six Jeez. years old. Jesus. Now that's a lot of freedom. That's, that's but they're terrific skills. Maybe a bit, too, a bit, a bit too much freedom. It's a lot of trust as well. <laughs> oh, isn't yeah, it? I've had some accidents, don't you worry. <laughs> but didn't really hurt anybody. Didn't um, really hurt anybody. I didn't hurt anybody. Well, I put my sister's forehead through the windscreen once. But it's just, just a flesh wound. A couple of tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah you learn. You Dad, learn. That's just Dad told me to pull up to shut a gate, and I pulled up a little bit too quick, hit the brakes, and Brody's head hit the windscreen, smash it went. And he, he threw it. He said, oh, I said, woo. Should have had a seatbelt on, though. I'm seven. <laughs> I'm seven. And she was bouncing all. around, dancing. Yeah, so it's her fault. She should have been sitting down. Yeah. So it sounds like a childhood full of, like that, what you've described there is an incredibly happy environment, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, there was plenty of really cool stuff. Um, plenty of other bits that, that shape you and give you resilience, too. Um, you know, living living in the country is wonderful, but it's a hard. It was hard life for my parents. Mm. Like it was hard slog. They're prob both of them collectively and, and together. Their best asset is probably both of them. Their work ethic. Mm. I mean, there's no lazy, or there's not too many lazy farmers out there. And my mum works round the clock, so you know they they were the kind of parents that. They weren't always at my sport 
they did their best to get to, to some things. Either, you know, mum never missed a sports carnival like a sports day at school, ever. Or if it was a big thing, they would always try and make the effort. But otherwise it was jump in so-and-so's car and here's $10 for fuel. Or, mm. you know, you're going to be billeted out with a family you don't know wherever you're going. Because they, like, they had to work. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. Australia's different here, like mm. drought times. and. What kind of farm was it? So we mainly did, oh, initially it was like loosen and hay growing. Mm. Um, but it was tough going in the drought and it was sort of a few cattle moping about, but mainly grain. Mm. So dad was, you know, right into his grain and sort of did all the harvesting locally, contracting and what have you as well. So. Mm. But you loved sport from, mm. from a young age, right? And that was probably an outlet for you, your energy. You, you've just got this outgoing personality, right? So yeah. sport became a great outlet for your energy, I'd, I'd imagine. <laughs> I needed an outlet for my energy. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have sent everybody in the house mad. I still did, even with sport. Um, but no, I, th I think my parents realised early that that's what made me happy um, and brought me a lot of joy. And, you know, eventually... It was noticed that you know she, she's a little bit of a, a natural at most things. So let her go into those spaces, and mm -hmm. you know both my parents they weren't world beaters at sport. Um, my dad played rugby league, but never to a, a ridiculous standard. A lot of local stuff, um, and mum, <laughs> she'll she'll smack me for saying it because I've said it before. But she was the person I said to her once. She'll just give anything a go. She's not the best at it. She's the first parent in the parent race on sports day. She wouldn't win it. But, but she'd have a crack. Every time, she was the first person there. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh, my God, shame. Like, <laughs> here she goes again. <laughs> trying, but get, trying really hard and not winning. Yeah. That's such a British but thing. Was she British? Far yeah. out. She, like, she would give it her all. And right. even now, like, you go home and I'd say to Loz, <clears throat> right, okay, it's not I say to Loz. Loz says to me, we're training today. Oh, okay. Get Dad's sledgehammer out the out the shed, get an old tractor tyre and we're... Sounds like a Rocky movie, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're bashing away in the heat and Mum will say, I'll do it with yous. <laughs> and Lauren looks at me like, is she really going to do it with us? She's, she's Lauren, nearly 60. Lauren is your wife. Yeah, yeah. sorry. So Lauren... Yeah. The, the reason the you boss. are the reason you are in England, yes, is love Lauren. does weird things to your brain. Lauren mm -hmm. brings you. So we'll, we'll get on to we'll get on to Lauren and your wife. But yeah, she'll look at me like, "Is your mother serious?" And I'm like, Just "Don't even try and stop her." Yeah, she loves so it. So she's out there flipping tires, and she won't be able to walk the next day, but she thrives on it. So between the two of them, um, yeah, I, th I think I've. I've got a blend of both of those characteristics yeah. for sure. Was that, was that inspirational for you as a kid to see your mother um, always compete and always want to kind of win and kind of take part in, in different stuff? Yeah, there was elements. It was, depends when she wanted to do it because okay. on sports day in front of all your mates, it was probably a bit like, oh, God, mm -hmm. here she goes. And you'd look at my sister Brody and I'd be like, huh, what's going to go down here? Um, but eventually you start to see it and you go, hang on a minute, who else's mum's out here? Mm. Mm. Usually the dads, no one else's mum's mm. out here. And then you go, no, hang, on, hang about. Yeah, there's something in this. Yeah. yeah, like all of us as kids, you don't yeah. appreciate some stuff. 
Dad was the more natural athlete um, of the two, but farming, he didn't, and being in a rural community, he didn't really, he was probably 30 odd by the time we moved there. And I never really got to see him play properly. Some nights they'd play old, old bucks versus the young lads. And I remember watching him a couple of times as young and he lit the show up. Like, he was <laughs> rapid. <laughs> and he'd score tries. Do you remember old Nathan Blacklock? And yeah, play at the Dragons, yeah. He'd flip and he'd, he'd do all sorts. And I'd stand there and go, far out. Dad's not bad, hey? <laughs> Dad's not bad. Dad's not bad. He couldn't move for the next week. Yeah, yeah. But it just well, wasn't a come priority. Come game time, he switched, flicked a switch and he was... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd, he'd light it did up. Did he show belt like that? Did he do in like the celebrations yeah. and stuff? He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. He'd, he'd do it on purpose, but yeah, yeah. He, he knew he'd pay for it though, yeah. the next day. So I'm trying to get into your head. So you, you, you massively gifted, or not gifted, but you love sport. And sport's becoming an integral part of your childhood. You know, you, your yeah. family, your story is sort of all linked with, with sport. Now, being in isolated rural communities brings some challenges in, in that respect, doesn't yeah. it? If, if, if you're particularly gifted, Flash, mm. but you live in an isolated community, actually getting a path out of that can be tricky sometimes. Yeah, we see it in, in our game, in, in Whitehaven quite a lot. There's, there's really talented players that don't have the spotlight of um, players who play in the more of the heartline, heartlands around the M62 corridor and they get left out. So I think it's... I think a little bit of luck. I think sometimes if you're the right place at the right time, if there's a, yeah. a carnival where there's a scout or something, there's just less opportunities for for you to shine, really, I think. And so it's a little bit of luck comes into it, doesn't it? Yep. And that's a challenge of, of these days. And I think sporting bodies are so much more aware of it now. Mm -hmm. um, and is that ensuring that everybody, if they are talented, have the space to show it? Or access it, yeah. etc. And yeah, it was a challenge as a kid growing up. You but know, you, naturally. You acknowledged, you acknowledged that that might not happen for you where you were, or there was a decision to. Oh, there was. To move um, away. Yeah, pro probably sort of by the time I turned twelve. Well, actually, I was probably eight, and I don't know if it was <laughs> <laughs> maybe six. Hang a minute. <laughs> when I was about eight, my mum had said to me, and I don't know if it was you. You're showing a bit of promise in and around your physical capabilities with sport, or if it was you're a pain in the ass, yeah, and we're going to clash when you're a teenager, so off to boarding school. Yeah. So, like I said, it was quite rural. So, mum had said, "No, you're going to to Rocky. Um, you're going to boarding school." The bright lights of Rocky. Yeah, the big smoke. <laughs> so, you know, just to access those different resources and, and bigger ponds, basically. Um, and Rocky wasn't even the big smoke. I had a choice whether I went to Brisbane or, or Rocky. Um, eventually chose Rocky, um, and it was. It was just to access better education, better sporting coaches, facilities, competitions. And how yeah. was that, boarding school? Loved it. Did you? Best days of my life. I'd Is go it? back tomorrow. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Just played yeah. sport all the time. Yeah. Being with your mates. I think as well, like, um, it was of more variety of sports. So any given afternoon, I could be doing something different. Mm. You know, I've played anything. Monday nights was water polo night. Um, Tuesday nights was 
touch footy or Friday nights touch footy. Wednesday nights I was off. I never played netball, but I'd go off with the girls and, and be water girl for them. Um, could be could be swimming carnivals, athletics. Played Even played basketball there for a bit. Um, cricket came in a little bit. It was just anything you wanted to do, it was kind of on. So we've got a saying over here, when somebody, when it's a male and they're, you know, they're, they're gifted at a number of sports or interested and good at turning the hand at sports, it's sport Billy, mm. isn't it? Yeah. But then we were just chatting before, yeah. is, is sport Billy like a patriarchal? Is that a masculine sort of term? And then we will, as long as it's Billy IE, so you were a sport. Yeah. You were sport, sport Billy IE. Billy IE. Were you a sport Billy? Yeah, I, I, very similar to Courtney. I, I, um, I tried everything. Mm, like, I tried cricket, you know, basketball. I had a basketball hoop on my garage. Like, I had a baseball bat and a baseball, you know, like weird yeah, things. Baseball over here, really? Yeah, nah, exactly. So baseball bat has two uses, doesn't it? Just yeah. in well, case. Bit my, of protection. My Especially in Hull. <laughs> my granddad played for, there was one baseball team in Hull. My granddad played for this Seriously? baseball team. So the bat I had was his bat. So that's, that's mega. I never knew that. That's cool. Yeah, the Hull, Hull Royals. Hull Royals. Hull Royals. Have you still that got sounds the bat? like a hospital. It's under my bed just in case we get it broken into. <laughs> yeah. Not, not like a, a vintage sporting piece somewhere. No, it's, it's not just mounted on the wall. It's yeah. under my it's got bed. got bits of blood and so anything. Yeah. <laughs> anybody watching, it's under my bed. So don't break don't into bother. my house. Don't bother. No, so, yeah, I think the, like, being really inquisitive and wanting to get into lots of sports is, is, I think it's perceived as a weakness sometimes. Is You've got such a varied sort of skill set. But I actually think it's such a strength flash, isn't it? To just go and if you if you like sport, is try. Why would you not try everything? Mm. Well, there's there's crossover skills between lots of different sports. So, tennis, cricket, hand-eye coordination. There's there's little parallels between everything. It's it's about football. I used to play a lot of and like awareness and and seeing peripheral division. There's there's lots of different skill sets that I think probably form really good athletes. And I think being out and about, being active. Um, it keeps you fit and I, I was one of those kids who played everything and I think it made me channel my efforts into the sport that I loved the most and I was probably the best at which is rugby league but I, I had to find my way by doing a bit of everything and it was yeah, having a, a good crossover probably served me quite well do you think we get too specific with yep. young athletes now you don't say that a bit quicker yeah you don't even have to finish that sentence yeah and I suppose in my my work my proper work role being a cricket coach and looking after the Diamonds Academy, I constantly say to the girls, play as much as you can for as long as you can and do not let, boys or girls, do not let someone dictate to you that you can or cannot do whatever extra sport until they put a contract in front of you. Yep. Until then, you're your own woman, man, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I... You don't want to say, do what I did. I want them to be better than me. Mm -hmm. But it's, I have seen so much value in it. And we're starting to see so much more research come out around it now, which is variety of sports and the transfer. And so you, you're accidentally a pioneer when it comes to your varied sporting background. Yeah, well, I think everything's a little bit cyclic too, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, um and it's interesting, I see it more so in male sport, but it's, it's coming that way with female sport now that it's an actual, in some sports, careers, specialisation so early. Mm, yeah. Um, 
before you have any understand, like the muscle memory, like you don't adapt, you know, you become really specifically yeah. honed in on one thing. And all of the other sports that you play as a child, like they really feed in, like Flash said, like the, the, every sport is three dimensional, isn't it? There's not yeah. really one action that's repeatable in any sport. Yeah, if you're a halfback and you played football all your life, you're gonna kick a ball better than you've never played football, aren't you? So you could go through 20, 30, 40, 50 different skills that you acquired during your childhood that can set you up through different sports, yeah. can't I think I think that's the the space we always go to is the physical things that we can transfer or the skill thing, the physical skills. But we forget all the mental skills mm. and the character building mm. that transfers. And people quite often ask me, like, what's been the best skill that I can transfer from cricket to rugby? There's only so many physical ones between the two because they're so vastly different but the biggest thing is the mental yeah for yeah, me yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which mental skills do you think cricket to rugby league cricket lo lots of things I, I think competitive nature is just instilled in me mm. I wouldn't say that's necessarily from cricket but I do think two things probably that come from cricket number one is how tactical it is and I'd like to think that perhaps I bring that to rugby rather than thrash, bash, crash. There's a bit of thought behind mm -hmm. how I play and perhaps how I lead. Um, and then potentially, and I didn't do a lot of it in cricket, but captaincy in cricket's different. I find captaincy at rugby, it's breeze. Yeah, yeah. Captain, the captain's bigger than the coach in cricket. Mm. And while I didn't captain a lot of teams, the exposure to it or leadership groups as such were enormous. Yeah. yeah. So we've got into cricket here. So let's get yeah. back to Rockhampton. I'm putting yeah. you back in Rockhampton. So you're back at boarding school. I feel like I'm in Rockhampton no, you today. Are. It was Sit 37 down. degrees. Sit yeah. down, Bloody beautiful. Back in Rockhampton. So back then, so obviously you've got a varied sporting background, but when you made the move to go to boarding school, it's for education, right, and to get away yeah. and, and a lot of it, but how much of your attention was turned by cricket at that stage, or was it multi-sport still at that point, or did yeah. you start to specify at boarding school? Well, I think before I went to boarding school, like mum had made the decision from eight years old, you're going. When I was 12, I started in the Queensland Cricket Pathways, so a couple times a year you'd go to Brisbane and, and join up and have, you know, week camps. And I think at that point I got selected in the under-17 state team. And they said, you know, we probably see a bit of potential in her. Can we get her to Brisbane? And there was a boarding school that sat literally a couple hundred metres above uh, Queensland Cricket's headquarters and training base. Um, and it was between Rocky Girls Grammar and, and St Margaret's. And I, it was at that point, I probably didn't want the city life. I wanted cricket, but I wasn't prepared to be six hours away. City life didn't really get me. I had some mates at Girls Grammar already, a couple years older. Um, but the biggest thing is I probably, and even at 12, I didn't just want to do cricket. And I felt that by going to Brisbane, it was just going to everything was going to be cricket. I didn't want that. Was that a big call to resist that temptation, though? When, when somebody's telling you you're great at something and, and you 
sort of resisting that? Was that was that a big call or was it just didn't feel like it? I have time? a mind of my own, I kind of. I was going to say, you know when oh, you really? said first impressions, <laughs> I was thinking so strong-minded and single-minded. Yeah. Like, whatever you got you set your mind on, you're probably doing it. I'm a bit, um, I take a long time to make decisions, but when I do, yeah. I've made a decision. Yeah, we're in. Like, my, be my best friend at uni would say, what do you want for dinner? Fish and chips? Chinese, Thai, I'd go Thai. Oh, what about McDonald's, this, that, the other? I just said Thai. Like, yeah. I'd love my wife to know like that. Uh, She's that the one, most indecisive no, person ever. No, I said Thai, that's yeah. it, go. Yeah, 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 love yeah, that. Yeah. So it was the same with boarding school. That, 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 that. No, girl's grammar, I'm gone. Yeah. So, yeah, off that we so went. Has that softened with time, or are you still that? It's still that, is that, is that, it's not impulsive, that, is it? It's thoughtful. No, it's not but impulsive. Once you, once you make your I mind sit on things a long time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then when you go, you but go. But when I go, no. Nah. I've had my time to think. Yeah. So when you went here, you went towards cricket eventually. Yeah, cricket eventually. Became. And, you know, I went to boarding school. And to be fair, when I was 12, when I was at Monto, I loved, like, and I say it now, rugby league was my first love. Right. And I went to an all-girls boarding school. They didn't have rugby league. They didn't have rugby union. They, di they actually didn't have cricket. It came a couple years into I had to go and play with the boys still at club cricket. Um, how was that playing? As, were you the only female? Or yeah, yeah. How was that? For a while there, it was fine, and mm. I loved it. But then, you know, I actually gave cricket away for three years when I was about 16. You've been to Rocky, right? Yeah. Like, it's scorching hot and mm. humidity, like, through the roof. Mm. And I didn't... The boys, you know, started to get a bit dickhead-like mm. yeah. around as that the, as age. They, as they do. Don't we all? As when you do. bruise their ego enough, they start to throw... Come back at you with just nonsense chat. I thought you were going to say throw stones or something then. Throw... Nonsense hey, chat at cricket. Yeah, and yeah. you're standing there in 40-degree heat... And all my mates were at the beach. Mm. And you're there for seven hours. And I was just like, I don't need this. Yeah. I'd prefer to be there. So it was, it was just something that I did and I just went to other sports. Yeah. Played touch footy instead. And how much, you know, you spoke about there, the, maybe the restricted opportunities you had because you, you're a woman. You know, yep. you went to an all-girls school and, and, and the certain sports weren't played. Now, mm. you have look fiercely independent you do what you want you've been used to your dad sort of encouraging you to get stuck into the boys you get compete yeah, with yeah. the boys but your dad came up with a really great line about you know competing didn't he with boys in particular oh yeah so massively he'd encourage you to go head to head with the lads yeah he probably um taught me to embrace the underdog so whether that was courtney being the only girl in the boys team whether it was Courtney going to Brisbane and sticking it to the city kids, you know, it created that, a story. that's where it came yeah. from. Yeah, a story, like a narrative for you was, yeah. was, was, was it injustice or like getting, getting over your competitors, do you think? Yeah, I, I just think it was the next stage to competing. It was yeah. competing on someone who probably should win, but you're going to go and take it away Did from Did he them. know what he was doing then? Was I don't like, know. Was he like, I know how to get the best out of Courtney? I don't know. I'd have to ask. And that's probably a good conversation to have with him. Yeah. 
next time I go home was, you know, yeah. I think you could be smart, though, because I think parents are quite um, intuitive to what the, the, the kids need. So if, I'd imagine if a child was, if I was a father and my, my son played, it'd be, if he was really confident and cocky, I'd be like, oh, pull him back a bit, yeah. rein him in, say, do you know what, you're not as good as you think, this guy might beat you. Yeah. And then the other way, if they were a bit modest, maybe self-doubt, which probably you didn't have by the sounds of it, but there's ways of getting the best pump out of your tires. children. Yeah, yeah. pump the tyres yeah. up a little bit. And it's interesting, like seeing my nieces and nephews now, it's incredible how early a child's personality is there. It's just there. Yeah, mm. yeah. And perhaps, you know, between mum and dad, they saw that. Um and stoked the fire a little bit. And were you always small? Yes. As a kid, yeah. Skinniest little rat yeah. you ever did see. So I think he had to yeah. pump your tyres up a bit there, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably just another one of those b underdog battles is yeah. go and test it against the big kids. Yeah, yeah and I think my, so my wife, obviously, she competed. She was an athlete. And um, like her dad did this amazing thing where every night when he, he put a to bed when she was very young he told her she's a champion which is like really? weird isn't it it's like mm. strange thing to say like i'm not really spoiled to him about it but like I think, king richard yeah but it's just a strange thing mm. to say but you know when i think about it it, it sort of ended up happening mm. and i just wonder you know your dad told you to compete didn't he, he pushed yeah. you to compete and 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 not only that he, he he sort of instilled and this is your words not mine he programmed you yeah and he programmed you to be tough and resilient, didn't he? And what, how did he, you know, how did he do that? We're not saying he did it. He's not like some sort of genius <clears throat> coach. Maybe he is. Yeah. But he certainly instilled that in you, didn't he? Yeah, I think it, dad's really interesting. I actually think mum did it more than dad. Right. Dad was, and neither of them pushy parents. Dad was the one that I'd say, right, dad, I'm off to this. And he'd say, you know, go stick it to the city kids or... If he didn't make a team, his line back was hill girls are tough girls. Yeah. Yep, right. Good, Dad. Thank you. Good. But Mum instilled the um, just give it a go. Give it your all. She probably programmed more than anyone. The, probably more the optimism piece mm. and the gratefulness piece. I always talk about at the end of a sports day, I was a kid that did everything. Everything. Mm. By the end of the day, I'd say to mum, oh, mum, I can't do the 800. Mm. Like, I'm gassed. My legs are killing me. And she'd say, Courtney, some people don't have legs. <laughs> Get down there now. <laughs> yeah. And she never did it to me or, like, pushed me because she wanted me to win. She wanted me to just step up again. Mm. When I was buggered, she would just say, are you actually... Yeah, yeah. She'll yeah. always say, pain, what did she say? Pain is weakness leaving the body, Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yes, that's go on then, my legs yeah, feel right. better. Well, what's, what a thing to give you, your child. Yeah, that's brilliant. What a thing to give mm. your child, mm. that result, like that, that mm. mindset. Mm. Like, you, you, you know, you talk about having a blend of your parents, Mark. What do you think you, you took on a blend of, of, of Terry and Sue? Well, mum was um, she, mom, both mum and dad played sport mum played a bit of netball and athletics but she's very stubborn and I probably get my personality more from her then my dad was probably he was a skillful player so he he had different attributes but I think sometimes my, the fire in me comes from my mum because she was always quite um, 
competitive, didn't take no shit, that kind of person. So, yeah, yeah I think you're all, you're a combination of your mum and dad, I think, in many ways, aren't you? And, um, yeah, I think from a sporting context, I, yeah, I get a bit of both. How about, how about yourself? Yes, yeah, same. I think um, dad's tough, you know. My dad's a tough man, you know. He's, he's if we were farmers, but yeah. he's a tough fellow. Like, I don't think I've seen my dad be drawn to be emotional about m much. Do you know? There's not things. Yeah. He's just stoic. He's got this like. They don't stop. He's solid, and he, and he grafts, and he gets up early, and he works hard, mm -hmm. and uh, that's probably his weakness as well. And that's probably. Yeah one thing that I've taken from him, sometimes and blindly just working. And, and they're a product of their upbringing as well, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Mom, my mum was brought up in a, in, a, in a terraced house with two other kids and my grandma went to work in a, in a mill at 12, 13. My granddad worked on a building site as a bricklayer from 15, 16. So they always had a, um, a very working class upbringing. My dad was brought up in a pub in the arse end of Oldham. So I think they're shaped by their upbringing and I think you kind of pass it down to your kids or or those close around you are we, you are we at that age now all of us where we start thinking about the influence our parents had on us because I don't think 10 years ago I even thought about it do you know is it, is it, is it what you're saying now Connie has it always been in your mind or is, have you post rationalised it do you know what I mean have we no, got to I a think, stage uh, I think I was probably became aware of it through my teens mm. mid 20s probably appreciation for it yeah so two different st awareness turned into appreciation yeah because they make some sacrifices don't they parents if, you, if you're into sport yeah there's some big sacrifices have to have to be made isn't there? money's just one of them yeah mm. isn't it mm. so right well you're on this path you're you're going to be a cricket star or you're on a pathway to become a star was that a straight line, you know, to, to get to where you wanted to be? Or what, what were the challenges on the way? Um, I think just being minority, and, and it was a minority sport for the girls back then. Um, being in the country, that they were all challenges. And, and then, like I said, I got to 16 and I went, no, nah, I'm not really up for this week in, week out all the time. I get more enjoyment from playing touch footy. And socially, I want to hang out with my mates. Mm. Um, I'll play something in the winter, you know. Um, and I left it. I left it be for three years. But then through university, I went, you know what? I actually quite miss it. There's something I miss about it. So I went back and I played in the men's local league. And it was awesome. Again, I was the only female. At this point, I'm an adult. So I was 19, 20. Again, the only I'm, I'm a young woman now, like I'm not a little girl anymore playing with the blokes. And honestly, the way they wrapped around me and supported me was immense. A, the best club, Frenchville Falcons back home. Um, and that was, re that was really positive. And, and I just went back to play club cricket and my old state coaches sort of got wind that Courtney's playing again. And we had a, like a national second 11 competition so they said, come on. So off I popped to that, did a couple of... And that was kind of only a once a year thing. So you'd go away once a year. A couple of years of that and they said, righto, we want you to play in the, the state first team. And that was cool. And at that stage, I, I'd finish uni, full-time teacher, and I'd go backwards and forwards from Rocky to Brisbane. And that was hard slog. And then it just came a point where I thought, no, nah, if I'm going to do this properly, I need to move. Um, it was a 
a good decision, a tough decision, because I said to him, I'm not moving to the city. I'm not coming to Brisbane. I'll go to the Sunshine Coast. I had family there. Um, and Is I that just, about an hour, an hour and a half? Yeah, about an hour, 15, mm. hour 20 drive. So I did that multiple times a week and trying to balance being a full-time teacher, travelling to Brisbane multiple nights a week and then weekends. It was hard slog. Mm. Yeah. But, and then God, worth it. Decade, well, I say a decade doing first stuff, but seven years playing on the Sunshine Coast doing the commute. Yeah, that's a lot of time and effort, that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. a lot of commitment. Let's talk about women's sport in Australia because... I think I'm aware of of the momentum behind women's sport in the in the UK. Yeah. But I just don't know benchmarks. I'm naive in terms of a sort of a global context. Yeah. Like, where is the development of you know women in high level sport profile in this country? Yeah. As opposed to maybe where you were when this you know your cricket sort of journey in Brisbane was going on. Collectively. I think Australia are far ahead of the game. When I say collectively, collectively across sports. Um, though if you compare individual sports, cricket Australia to here, they're probably a five to ten years ahead in Australia, I, I honestly yeah. believe. Um, we're trying to narrow that margin up a little bit now. But then you compare like a football here and you look at what's currently going on with the, the women's football space compared to women's football back home and it, you know England are far superior in that yeah, space yeah. just depends on the sport rugby league we're a long way behind yeah. how far there's a world cup this year isn't there so it's shit, shit lords you picked up a really good accent though um If you want to put it into years, I suppose years-wise, and you put a, what, three, four years, yeah. the NRLW girls have been being paid in some capacity out there. Mm. So financially, they're that far ahead. But the biggest thing is, like, you say how far ahead. You look at what that sits underneath the NRLW, and that's things like touch football, and Oztag, mm -hmm. and the participation numbers in that and the competitions in that of core skill that come across and transfer, yeah. that's enormous. It's a great blows gateway, that, isn't it? It blows my mind that why, why in this country have we not developed a, a game like that that's approachable? I, I walked through Didsbury. Did, Didsbury's like an affluent suburb of Manchester, and they're playing tag, Oztag, yeah. or like they're playing mm -hmm. tag rugby, and I was like... Off their own backs, obviously. There's a few, yeah. you know, Australians in there, and they've all they've they've decided to do it in a park in Didsbury. And you're mm. thinking, there's an appetite to sort of do this. Yeah, but and I know they're out there here now. I think the biggest thing that happened, to, I don't know how many years ago now, but instead of seeing them as competitors, the NRL saw it as no, we need to, we need to connect up and partner with these, mm. with these groups. Um, and that's been incredibly successful. Yeah. Like you look at some of across the NRLW, how many of those girls, I guarantee 95% of them will have played Oztag. E even in the NRL, some of the superstars, 
Benji Marshall, Sean Johnson. Yeah. They kind of grew up, and I think it's a great, you touched on it well there, John. It's a great uh, avenue for people to get into the sport, to then to kind of follow it, maybe participate more. Mm. And it's a real, real opportunity for both men's and women's rugby. Right. Yeah. Let's box cricket off. Yep. Yeah. Highlight in your career, in your cricket in cricket. career. <coughs> My friends. Your friends. Yeah. That's such that's a, a good question. That's such a socialist answer. That's a wholesome answer, isn't it? it? Is Everyone's listening answer. and watching this going, oh, bloody hell, what a, what a game. Yeah. What a great like you you talk about what, what have you walked away from the game with? Mm. We did manage to win a, um, be the first Queensland team that ever won a National League. New South Wales were just ridiculously dominant. Medals-wise, that was really cool. But I walk away with the deepest of friendships from those playing groups. And I say friendships from peers, friendships from coaching staff. Um, yeah, the best thing I ever take from that space. And one of the biggest friendships or loves came out of yeah. cricket, Lozzie. didn't it? Lozzie. Lozzie. So Lauren. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about Lauren and, 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 and how, because the reason you're in the country is obviously yeah. you, you you married Lauren Winfield, who is yep. was England cricket yep. player. Um, you've ended up here, but how did you meet? So she came across to the Brisbane Heat um, in the first year. She was the overseas signing. Um, the marquee signing, the big name. Marquee signing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she went for the absolute idiot of the group. And she was warned about me too. <laughs> was she? Yeah. Stay away from her. Stay away from the one. The, one the, who's, the England captain at the time. She's got no shoes on. She's walking around in the dirt over there. Don't and avoid I, didn't, her. I never she's trained feral. in shoes. Think <laughs> well, you not. Seriously. No, all our running training, shoes off. Obviously, I couldn't bowl without shoes on. But as soon as it came down to our, our conditioning running, shirt was off, shoes were off. See you later. <laughs> so, there, so she comes over to the Brisbane Heat and, and the England captain at the time said, oh, God, you're going to Queensland. I'll tell you who's there. A yeah. girl by the name of Courtney Hill, and she's a pest. She's a, she said more than pest. Stay yeah, well yeah, away. Stay away from her. She's a pain in the ass. Next minute. Loza <laughs> <laughs> likes a pain Oops. in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You became so, her pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then it sort of we did distance for two years. And then Lauren said, oh, she was finding it just hard to be apart all the time and it was you know them them tough days you just want to go home and someone to hug you and say it's going to be okay and yeah. or great moments where mm. you want to celebrate with somebody that's tough if she's away from her family and she's probably that bit of a loner to begin with and then she finds connection with you it must be key for her to, to be around you as much as possible i'd say yeah well she only came over quickly she was only there for two months and then right. she Headed back oh, over right. here, oh, so yeah. I stayed oh, in Austria. Bloody hell, here. you made an impact. Oh, right. You know, you? big so, impact. Yeah. Big impact. <laughs> big impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was two years across the yeah, world. Yeah, so, and oh. we would literally count down days. Like, I'd drop her off at the airport, and God, you don't know heartbreak. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest heartbreak I've felt in my life is dropping your loved one off at an airport. International airports, God, they get you for both sides. Absolute joy and absolute heartbreak. Mm. Um, I'll, see, I'll see you in four or five months. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person, and she probably got, she did, she got angry with me because I'd go, right, 134 days, and I'll put my blinkers on, 134 days, and I'll see you at the end of the tunnel. But she struggled with that. Yeah. She couldn't 
Yeah, I found it really interesting just get, reading and listening about you two as a couple. You're very different, aren't sure. you? Yeah. Like, because of my character sort of assumptions about you, uh, maybe not how you'd describe Lauren. Is that, is that no. right? Is that why you work? Yeah, we're polar opposites. In so, um, but that does what... That is what makes us work. Um, it's what challenges us the most, but it what, it's what brings you back together. Mm. Um, so, yeah, two, two years and I lost my contract with cricket. A um, couple of ankle surgeries later and I never got back to where I was. I felt that I could with time, but they had some young guns coming through and at that point I was like, okay, do I move into state? I didn't, I didn't want to... I'm a bit of a... When it comes to sport, my mates, I'm quite loyal. And I thought, do I go to another state? I didn't really fancy playing against the girls who were just my everything. Yeah. And especially not when Loz was over here. So I thought, just pack up and go. Just go and try something new. Mm. That's, well, that's your mum's spirit in you coming yeah. out, isn't it? But yeah. well, that, that was a big, that's a big decision, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, Mike, you've been there. You've made that. Yeah. You've been You did the situation. opposite. You went that oh, way. The other way, yeah. It was, yeah. I don't know why you've come this way. It's rubbish. I tell you. Yeah. Love. Love. Destroys um, chemistry in your brain. It does. It must do, yeah. <laughs> it does. It I, I was always, yeah, just, yeah, I've tried something new, I think. I, I travelled to Australia and seen, seen it and thought, what mind? I could never live there forever, but I always thought early 20s for a couple of years, experience something different, meet new people, grow up a little bit rather than being you know, a stupid young man in the north of England that doesn't know any better. I think living on your own, fending for yourself was really important for me. And yeah, some of the, the best things in my life came from the travel and, and you know, trying something new. And yeah. How old were you when you were? I was, I just turned 22, so I was 22 That's and 23. pretty young. So yeah. I come from mum and dad's Pray. house. Not can't wash up or iron or cook. You can now, Mark. Oh, I can now. Anything mince meat based, whether it's <laughs> Mark loves tacos. cooking mince. So it's no, just any, if you go pie. for dinner Shep at Mark's, it's, it's just mince. Spaghetti bolognese, chili or lasagna. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. That is it. That's yeah. not bad. That's Kinda. a good three. Yeah, it's a good three. Well, that's it. Very Solid. limited. It's entry level three, though. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Carbs amazing. and meat. So how excited were you? You know, you're coming over here, yeah. different side of the world. Look, you spoke about your background, so you're this rural, hillbilly, hickey, sort yeah. of out-in-the-wild kid, feral. I imagine you've got twigs Feral, in, that twigs is the in, word for it. Like I like hickey as well, like, like a redneck. Yeah, twigs in your hair, you're driving your dad's car, you're crashing it, oh, that's fine, yeah. it's, it's not illegal now. Uh, <laughs> and then you've gone into the city, you've gone to Rockhampton, yep. chased your sort of cricket career, then... Just where was your headspace coming over here? Were you excited or nervous or um, what? It was a lot of things. It was complete unknown. I knew, like, because I came over in 2017. So I'd had um, my two ankle surgeries at the start of the year. And I said, right, I need to go and spend some time at Laws. And I need, because I'd missed the, a big chunk of the season... I need to go and play some cricket. So let's go play county cricket. Two weeks out from getting here, I was meant to play with Knotts and had a call with them and said, visa issues getting in the road. Yeah. You can't play. So literally, I couldn't play G-grade club cricket. Anything with competition and, and a structure and a ladder, I wasn't allowed to play. Because you don't put a fake name in 
Like Billy, Should Sport Billy been. Hill. Billy I.E. Billy Hill. Hill. Billy Hill. Billy Hill. That's a good name. Should have, but I didn't. Yeah. And I think I was very conscious at the time, if I want to be here long term, then I can't ass up the system. Yeah. I yeah. can't have a red cross against my name. I was very lucky, though. That was the year of the Women's 50 Over World Cup. And so I was travelling around watching Laws play. And the coach at the time, he was awesome. He'd say to Laws, where's Courtney? She said, oh, put her in an Airbnb. And he said, what the hell are you doing? Like, get her in here. They're, they're well looked after. they got their own rooms and stuff. So it was like, she can stay with us. So I toured around with them. And then he said, what's Courtney doing tomorrow? She fancy net bowling. Yeah, I'll come and net bowl at Lord's. Brilliant. <laughs> Lauren didn't Good. like it because I was, I'm a bit of a dick when we get in the nets and... You're chirping a bit. Oh, of yeah. course I do. So she didn't like she didn't like that. So Robbo just made sure I was bowling against others. But it was great training for me. Went home, finished year with the fire and, and Brisbane Heat. And I knew I was coming back and I was mm. like, I can't play cricket here. Yeah. What the hell am I gonna do? Did you mm. did was that a big chunk of your identity? Massive. Gone. Like I said. And that's where I come back to the conversation. I sat with my auntie one day and it was probably at the time I was a bit like, oh, what am I doing? And it was at the end of, will I get recontracted, won't I? And, it, and she, she said to me, that, she asked me that question, who are you, Corkers? And I said, I'm a, I'm a cricketer mm. and I'm a teacher. And she said, is that? all you think you are mm. and I was like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that question really got me thinking yeah and she said you're so much more than that and you will you'll find success in another space you just got to back yourself mm. um, yeah people get their identity wrapped around you know a specific thing bloody profession or, mm. and, and yeah why do we get that confused why do we why do we end up being like defined? I by think it's because they get adulation and respect for doing that, so they cling on to it. Mm. So then there's, if there's any prospects of doing something different, they don't get the same pat on the back in the street or the same round of applause after a game. I think that's when they but struggle to, to let go. We need to label people, don't we? Like we need yeah. a label for everything now. Everyone's got a label, like you you know, you you know, we need to say what you do, what mm. why why are you here, what are you doing? Like yeah. And I, f I find it crazy. It's like, can you imagine 200 years ago? They were just not, I just, I think we're obsessed mm. with the status of what you do and we yeah. get our egos like so wrapped around it. So that was a tricky mm. time for you then to, to just oh. navigate that, especially with Lauren still playing. And yeah, yeah. I'd imagine so. that's almost like, makes you acutely aware of what you haven't got anymore, if you know what yeah. I mean, that she's still doing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I soon flick a switch, like, Loz gets the shits with me a lot because she'll say, oh, she just cracks on with things. Yeah. <laughs> but better, th better than she does, like, and, and she's well aware of it and they're conversations that we have. Um, oh, she just gets on with stuff. Oh, yeah, how, how do you just, just get on with it? <laughs> I did. I had, a bad, I had a bad couple of days when I first arrived. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to... And I'd set it up before I came, so I knew I had something to go to, a trial anyway. 
And I went to my first training session. It must have been a Tuesday night. And the Wednesday night, meanwhile, I've been in England, went to Paris for four days, and I've been in England three. Still not over bloody jet lag. One training session. The next night, I was literally washing um, the dishes at the sink, which is a rarity. Um, <laughs> the feral housewife. I'm the chef. She's <laughs> right, I'm fine. So, and I just, I burst into tears. And I was just standing there washing the dishes. And you know when you just kind of freeze and you just, I don't know if you boys do, but mm. I was just crying. And, and she said, Courtney, what's wrong? And I dried my hands and I, I sat on the floor and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I just said, I just, I just felt so lost. No family, no friends. Lauren was really the only person I had in England. No family, no friends, no cricket, no school, and, and my job as a teacher. And she just said to me, like, it's going to be okay. You've had one training session at the Rhinos. Just, you'll find mates. Yeah. Like, you'll find work. It'll be all right. And how did the Rhinos thing come about? Just So, uh, Joel Moon was his dad. I worked with his dad. Yeah. Mm. So, sort of October time every year, Joel would come home and he'd chat, train in the gym. And so I sort of, Mooney was... One of my favourite colleagues at work. So we were tight. Um, and then just I followed the rhinos because the connection with Joel. And it was through social media. They, they were doing trials and I went, maybe I'll do that when yeah. I go over. So I spoke to Mooney who spoke to Joel who got in Cuthbo's ear. And I, I asked Loz, I said, do you know anyone at the rhinos? She said, oh, yeah, an old cricket mate plays, maybe played with Lois sent a random message to Lois, who was captain at the time, and said, hey, I'm an Aussie, coming over. <laughs> hey, I'm an Aussie. I'm, hey, I'm an Aussie. Just so you know, I am Australian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was, um, and I did. I, I'd love to find the message and, and read it again, because it's quite funny, but I know I've missed trials, but any, any chance. So that was, because you'd played as a kid, touch, but never as a, as, um, a proper rugby league match. No, I hadn't so played put, rugby league since I was out, twelve. Out on a limb there, massively. Yeah, yeah. From one professional, a w professional sport to another, and said, "Any chance for trial? Give me a yeah. chance." I'd, I'd continue to play touch footy. Yeah, but it's very different touch to, to full contact, oh, yeah. isn't it? Played a bit of Aussie rules, and I just thought, you know, is it time? Mm. Is it time to go back? And that's cool. Yeah. That probably just instilled the excitement that you know, this is this is another little adventure. Mm. Like it's, it. a, it's a reminder, isn't it? So you you were going through in the kitchen, like a kitchen floor reset. Yep. It's like a it's like right full, on the floor crying, Distraught. sobbing, right distraught. And from that, you know, you need to get going again, don't you? So yeah, yeah. how have how did you get from the floor there, to where you are now, where you know you're part of a very successful, fantastically entertaining, entertaining Leeds Rhinos team. Um. Number one, it was Loz just saying it's going to be okay. As simple as that, mm. just the support of somebody. Yeah, someone to say it's going to be okay. Um, and that, that was it. I went back on the Thursday night. So that first week I didn't play. Cuthbo had said to me, I'd love to play you, but I'd been to two training sessions. I'd love to play you, but the girls have done a massive pre-season in the 
shitty winter. I can't. I can't do it. And I said, I don't expect you to. I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I stood in the freezing cold, wet, drizzly day at Oddsall. That's yeah, Bradford. Oof. That's yeah, a yeah. particularly wet, drizzly place. Oh, mate, that was an interesting experience. So I'm standing there. You had your shoes there. on. You had your shoes on by this yeah, stage. I'm assuming. I did have my shoes on. <laughs> About four pairs of socks, wow. I reckon. And Loz, her dad and brother came as well to watch. And we're standing... Because I'd gone on the bus. They said, come on the team bus with us and you're welcome to be in the dugout. And I said, no, 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 that's team time. Mm-hmm. So I'll be over here with the family. And I watched that day thinking, what the hell? I'm in coat, gloves, beanie, boots. How the hell am I going to get my kid off down to shorts and shirt next week <laughs> if I play? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But I stood there and I thought, no, nah, I... I can contribute something to this group. I can't wait to play. Whenever that is, I'm, I think I can offer something. And I think it was just that self-confidence of, yeah, I, I, can, I can offer something. So you brought leadership. And it can offer me something. Yeah, for sure. So mm. it's a sense of community, you know, sport. I think we yeah. all... Oh, being part the, of the team. The reason you said about, you know, what's the biggest thing in cricket is your friends. Yeah. Like sport is a community, isn't it? It's a place. Yeah. It's a place for you to feel like comfortable, confident, and and it gives you relationships. And, and the end result of that is performance. But we we get so transfixed on performance that we forget about the things that it brings to you. Yeah. And it's sometimes you have to go back around to the start of a sport yeah. to actually get that again. Yeah. So I'm quite envious of you because you got to go back in at sport and really appreciate yeah. the, what cool, it's given eh? you again. Yeah. And I think through my couple of years before I got to England, I'd done a lot of self-work, call it. Yeah. I'd, I'd literally, I had, I'd spent a lot of sessions with in counselling. I'd spent a lot of sessions on like professional development with a former nun of right. 40 years who was a terrific mentor. And I got to a point where I worked out my three core things, which was, I thought were friends, fun and competing. But in actual fact, it was, instead of friends, it was community. Instead of fun, it was learning. And instead of competing, it was just play. So between those three things, I got here and I went, that offers me all three, but most importantly, I only had laws. How do I find my people and my connection through community? And I was consciously aware that I had to go and find that and establish that, find mm. those three things. And you found it. Oh, buddy, oath, tenfold. Bloody yeah. oath, mate. Yeah. yeah, you can see that. Mm. Oh. Okay. It's, you know, and... and you know, I think that moment where you move abroad, like Mike, you've went through this and you're with somebody who lives in that country, there's a hell of a lot of responsibility on Lauren as well or the partner that you're with. Yeah. They, they feel almost responsible, don't they, for you? And yeah, it's, she it, did. Yeah. I think it's important that you, if you, when you come over here to have your own life, yep. because it could be quite suffocating for Loz if she just like hung, you hung on to her all the time. It's like, what we're doing today? Because... She's probably had her own friends and her own experiences. It's, 
I think it's really natural and, and I think probably more successful in relationships if you have your own kind of world a little bit that's obviously needs crossover, yeah. but you need your own thing. You can't just be away from your family and friends and just latch onto one person every day. Yeah, it's not and healthy. I think that was definitely something that that we had to to go through and probably a little bit different in um, she almost felt guilty that I was here and probably my fault a little bit at times I was here to support her because she could only play for England from here and that put a lot of pressure on her and her cricket and her I didn't I didn't feel that way most of the time sometimes I did give her a razzle and tell her to pull her socks up but um, yeah she felt an incredible sense of I must perform because Courtney's given up this 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 mm. yeah and that wasn't, that was not a good thing. Mm. Nah, well, it was a weight for her to carry. Yeah, yeah. And life settles, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, life settles and, and you've, you've, you've uh, found a happy, you know, sort of a good place yeah, to definitely. be. In, in fact, what a great place that you're both in right now. Yeah, yeah. Are you well, here for, forever, do you think? No. Nah. No. Nah. <laughs> if it was weather like this all the time, I'd stay forever. But mm. I find winter's tough. I find being away from family tough. They're the two things, weather and family, mm. friends. So the plan is back to Australia at some stage. Yeah, definitely. And I, th I think, you know, the women's cricket scene is really taken off domestically here. So once Lauren decides to wrap up with England, um, she'll still want to continue her cricket stuff. And, and I've also got a great job in cricket here. And I love being a part of that. And I love being a part of this new transition into professionalisation um, so I'm not going anywhere too quickly but eventually how intense day. are you to work with <laughs> you're very intense are you to the work smile with? says very <clears throat> are you demanding at work oh I don't are know are you demanding you have to ask them. are you hard work well the kids joke I joke I say I don't have many rules but it's probably <laughs> the 79th rule in <laughs> I don't know I, I think I'm pretty Relatively chilled. Yeah, yeah. But mm. Lauren says you're just intense in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to ask Lauren this question, don't we? Yeah. I take do. it serious. I take my job very yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely. And so with rugby league, obviously World Cup year, big year for 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 women's rugby league for disability. Yeah. You know, for the wheelchair game, for the men's game, that must be hugely exciting. Yeah. To be involved. Massive, and it's the reason why I said yes. Mm. I sat back for nearly three years deciding what would I do. But to have a home World Cup and a, a year where you've got combined all three together, that's pretty special. Yes. And something I thought, nah, that, I've got to be a part of that. Yeah. and it's, I thought, yeah, nah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah I want to be yeah, a part of that. Nah. <laughs> no, it's amazing the World Cup, at the end of yeah. the year flash, yeah. some amazing games going to be played. And the fact that it's been promoted, you know, the way it's been promoted, I think it's really, I think it's incredible. It's brilliant. I think it's been really well done in, in, in that it's equally been promoted. There's not yeah. leveraged the men's game over there. It's a reflection of the values of the sport, I think. Yeah. I don't think it's been promoted, uh, been the three the three different factions have been promoted for publicity or for any other reason that 
apart from that it's a very inclusive sport where we just want everyone to grab a ball and, and play and it's it's nothing more than that it's um it's great to see and i think rugby league is has so many good life skills and lessons that people can can take from it and hopefully that, that i'm sure it'll be showcased at the end of this year and i'm i'm really excited for it yeah and give us some names to look out for in the the, the women's rugby the women's league space. world mm. we need we need some big who's the star names from England? From all over. Who's oh, the best? From wherever. Let's, yeah, let's mm. get into it. Oh, okay. I, I, do think, I do think we have some people here who, in England, we get this right, could, could be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Some of the, how, how we can compete, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. So I think number one, I'm going to go to someone like George Roach, yeah, who's yeah. my little mate from Leeds. Yeah. I love playing alongside her, and to see her skill as a 21-year-old, I'm hugely excited to play alongside her. I'm so excited to potentially be in a squad and the other week playing for England to to be dishing off to Amy Hardcastle oh, wow. rather than being palmed off by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so powerful, yeah. isn't she? Incredible. Terrific. Yeah. Um, so I I think they can have a big impact on, on this stage. Uh, Australia-wise, you know, I'm quite excited to see the new cycle of players yeah, coming yeah. through out there. Mm -hmm. Forever, well, not forever, but. Re of recent years, it's been the Ali Brigginshaw show. But I'm so excited by some of these young players coming through. The likes of a Tamika Upton, Hannah Southwell. You know, I'd, I'm really excited to, to see how they they come. And, and you know what? I think it's going to be a very interesting squad that the Aussies bring. Um, yeah, they're... And you know what? Don't discount uh, like someone like P and G. Yeah, yeah. The French. Oh, forgive my ignorance. Can't remember her name. She's played a bit of the NRL stuff out there. Yeah. You know. I, I just can't wait. And the the beauty of World Cups. You look at it. Three round games, two finals, five games. That's it. Mm. There's a chance. And really, start with the three games. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. pool games. You stuff it up there. <laughs> out the door. You made some great sound effects to that as well. I'm, all, I'm always doing sound effects. Yeah. But, you know, the, the must-win nature mm. of mm. the competition is... It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, it's been a, a real pleasure actually mm. getting to know you, getting to, to have a chat and, and just benchmarking whether what I thought about you was, 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 was correct. Was I think, yeah. yeah. I, think I, was, <laughs> I feel like I was pretty much... <laughs> Nailed on. Uh, been really interesting. I, like, I loved. I think we loved hearing about your childhood, about you, the influence that your parents have had upon you, about your like single-mindedness, your stubbornness, your will to compete, your yeah. belligerent like nature. The way that you attack life is is like a great lesson f for everybody. And not only that, to just fucking mix it up. Yeah. You know, mm. one thing ends. Spice of life. They yeah, say. just get after it. And yeah. I think I'm really impressed how ballsy you are with that. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people care what people others think. Oh, she thinks she's going to try rugby. And it'll, you know, you just didn't care. You just. I think that's quite. Um, 
inspiring to, to see people that just follow the gut, follow the heart, and they're just willing to back themselves. Yeah, I think it comes from having good people around you that give you a little shove. Mm. I, I, I'm a confident kind of person, but at yeah. the same time, there is self-doubt. Mm. Oh, yeah. You just need someone. You, you, you need to remind yourself, and experiences like this just top up a bucket and mm. that sits on a seesaw and when you mm. do have them self-doubts self you just remind yourself of hang on a minute there's a bit more over in that bucket so yeah, off you yeah. pop yeah. off you pop go multiply it go it's like investing in shares isn't mm. it yeah yeah go yeah. go it's invest compound. again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. and and as well like just finally just the importance of you know you said a hug somebody just saying it's going to be all right like yeah. those relationships in our lives the supporting relationships in our lives for people who play sport and people who don't in all walks of life they're just as important as as, as anything yeah. so mm -hmm. Courtney Winfield Hill it's been an absolute thanks gents absolute pleasure Loved good luck it. good really luck good. in the World Cup hopefully get selected first well you've got in. a just Super me. League season to wrap you're up trust first, me you're in you're in, yeah. you're in. Well done. You, even if you're not in I reckon you'll force your way in just out of sheer I'll, ru I'll run water. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> I'll and, and this is the thing. I said to Craig, I want to be a part of this group. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll right. do I'll do whatever, but well, I want to see England do really well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm picking you anyway. So yeah. you, you're as Thanks, good as it. You're as good Get as on it. the selectives panel, yeah. would you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another episode of Out of Your League. We've been joined by the fascinating Courtney Winfield-Hill. Amazing build-up to World Cup. Uh, the, the World Cup at the end of the year. Download this podcast and all of the other podcasts wherever you get them from. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs>